Hello everyone and welcome to our program. I'm Big Batista along with my co-host Nathan Jones and today we're going to continue talking about this really exciting subject matter as we talk about passing on the Bible prophecy mantle. The second part of our program so we hope that you can stay tuned as we're going to be looking at the book of 1st and 2nd Timothy. But before we continue I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the study of your word. We just bless, pray, and bless everybody who's tuned in. And thank you, Lord, for your great love and your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan Jones. Again, the topic is, of course, passing on the Bible prophecy mantle, second part. Nathan, it's great to have you on the program. We had an excellent program last week and uh, very exciting as we talked about the wonderful relationship there of Elijah and Elisha. That was a great example of passing on the mantle. Literally, there was a mantle that was passed. The cloak that Elijah wore was after Elijah was taken up to heaven and uh, the fiery chariot, one of the most interesting and uh, strange stories in the Bible. The mantle fell. His student, Elijah, picked it up. And he was granted twice the amount of witnessing power, the power of God to go out and continue the work that Elijah had left. Absolutely. And that's why, again, Nathan, when we look at the importance of passing on the mantle, you and I also talked about uh, successors in, in ministries. And it's sad when ministries don't properly prepare for their ministry to continue on uh, through other individuals. So also sometimes giving younger people an opportunity, right? Right. Oh, it's extremely important to remember that as Christians, we're a link in a chain. If you think about it, yeah. Jesus came 2,000 years ago. The very fact that you and I know about Jesus Christ and the faith, it means that somebody, likely a parent, told us, some told them, and some before them told them, and you can go all oh. the way back to Jesus and the apostles, at which blows my mind to think that we're connected to them through the link. Well, who are we being a link to? Who are we rising up to share the gospel? Who are we training to go out and share the good news. And for you and me, in this topic, we're talking about who's sharing Bible prophecy. Who are the next generation yes. of Bible prophecy teachers? Woo, exciting. And Nathan, that's why we, we pray for those that are watching and listening that the Lord maybe will put it on their heart. Sometimes people think, well, uh, Bible prophecy, that seems to be so difficult or so out there. That's only for certain type of individuals. But you and I notice that that's not the case. Paul began to train up a young apprentice, Timothy. And one of the areas was that in that of biblical prophecy, saying the importance of the things that are coming. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Timothy is probably the, the most known student-mentor uh, relationship with Paul uh, in the New Testament after Jesus and the Apostles. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, and of course, maybe, maybe not many people re recognize the references to biblical prophecy there. We're going to just uh, highlight a few of those and hopefully encourage individuals the importance of investing in others. Also, maybe younger people are oftentimes saying, Nathan, that everyone should have a Paul in their lives and a Timothy in their lives, a Paul and mentor someone to learn from, but also Timothy to invest in and, and disciple. And that's what we're going to notice here today. Absolutely. Well, let's do it. Yeah. So, Nathan, if you can take us there, 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, maybe you can open us up there with verse 14. I think that would be fantastic. 14. Uh, uh, for those who maybe don't have a Bible, they can uh, follow along with us. Okay. Well, 1 Timothy 4, 14 reads, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Isn't that awesome, Nathan? 
And, and I and don't neglect the, the, the gifts, right? The laying of the hands and, and of prophecy. And uh, I just think this is fantastic. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone has ever laid hands on you, maybe for a, a gift or talent that you have, but it's a great way to equip individuals. Well, brother, you've got a verse that many people uh, don't even know, much less quote. Uh, when you showed this to me earlier, I'm like, wow, that's in there? <laughs> I must have read it before, but it is a fantastic person. It kind of feels more than, again, Paul was an evangelist, whereas Timothy was an evangelist, but he, he ended up doing more church-related functions. So as the gospel was spread, the evangelists moved on, but the churches continued, and Paul would raise up pastors, not necessarily evangelists, but pastors, to, to shepherd the flock. Yeah. And what they do is they would lay hands on them, in other words, they put their hands on the person, yeah. and they pray for the Holy Spirit to do like God did with Elijah and Elisha, to pass the mantle on to the next generation, to empower the next generation with spiritual gifts beyond their natural gifts, with discernment, uh, with a special connection to the Lord, so that they could rise and raise up those in their church to go out and share the gospel and grow spiritually. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing on the very beginning of the church, the first century church, where from Jesus to the apostles, and then from apostles to the, the pastors or bishops Absolutely. of the churches, the passing on of the mantle uh, to these churches. Yeah, and Nathan, and, and here we find the encouragement there. They're called to stir up the gifts. And uh, some people might say, well, what gifts and talents do I have? Well, as we lay hands and pray for people, the Holy Spirit stirs those gifts. Uh, I don't know about you, Nathan, or myself, but when it comes to biblical prophecy, that is a wonderful gift. I remember early on as a Christian, I never knew the Lord was going to call me uh, into teaching biblical prophecy or, or to enjoy it and love it and really open up my heart and my mind to it. And, and that's what we're talking about here, just opening ourselves up to what God might have in store for us. Right. Uh, I, I would be the same boat, brother. I, although I've always had a passion for the 31% of the Bible that is Bible prophecy, not never. My wildest dream is going to Bible college and, and even yeah. seminary thinking that one day I'll be on television here at Land and Lion Ministries uh, working with Dr. David Reagan as a co-host on our TV show, Christ and Prophecy, that I'd be teaching Bible prophecy primarily through the Internet, but also through television and other media this great gift of communication that God has given us. So, I, I'm the same way. I, sometimes I sit there, I'm teaching Bible prophecy on television and radio. How does that happen? But that, that's the laying on the hand. Lord gave me when I was ordained uh, back in 2005 awesome. at Southeast Christian Church. The elders put their hands on me and prayed that uh, I have a special blessing anointing of the Lord to, to go into ministry. And the Lord directed me out of Kentucky and down wow. to Tennessee. Here I sit I know God God is amazing the way he works and as we look at our backgrounds as we look at our journey and then we look and say wow Lord why why me I mean if, why did you choose me and you know oftentimes Timothy would even find himself saying that as Paul was encouraging him because sometimes we just don't think we can do it we don't, we don't. Uh, a lot of people are scared to share with us. But think about it. You know, it could be the link that brought you south, uh, the message of salvation. It goes all the way back to Timothy. To think that what you are reading here in First Timothy 4 could actually be with the impetus that led Timothy to lead someone to the Lord, that led them to lead someone to the Lord, all the way down to you. See how important it is you're passing a baton that's been passed by thousands of people over 2,000 years, 
So the terminal generation of Jesus comes back, which I, as you and I both believe yeah. that we're living in it now. Uh, how many people do we need to leave the Lord before every person that comes to the Lord that the Lord plans to do in this age and he returns? Yes. That should be like, that should be what, what motivates Christians to holy living and to evangelize, knowing that Jesus Christ is coming to. Woo, I love that. And you know, Nathan, sometimes people forget that uh, biblical prophecy is a form of evangelism. Last night, uh, uh, Franklin Graham had an amazing evangelistic crusade outreach in California. And sometimes people think of only that as evangelism. But you and I know that biblical prophecy, it's evangelism. It is because it's an apologetic. When we say apologetics, we mean a defense of the faith. When you can show that, say, Jesus Christ fulfilled 109 distinct prophecies about his first coming, in detail, which mathematicians like Peter Stone are proving that even eight would be mathematically almost impossible. And yet Jesus fulfilled 109. Again, oh, wow. prophecies are given in the Bible in detail, and then they come true, and that is a great help in helping us believe and understand the Bible is indeed the Word of God. So mm-hmm. yeah, I agree to a great evangelistic message when you can show people that fulfilled Bible prophecy proves yes. the Bible is the Word. Ooh, amazing. And that's why Nathan also, maybe someone is out there, they don't consider, they maybe didn't think of themselves of being an evangelist because all they think about is the great evangelist of our time. Well, this is another wonderful form, and it's not necessarily going out and knocking to doors one-on-one. There's many forms of reaching the lost, and we believe this is also one that is being neglected. And I say neglected, Nathan, because many people don't consider this very important. And it's a tragic. I mean, we know when the Jesus movement happened in the late 60s, early 70s, uh, especially by Chuck Smith and Hal Lindsey and yes. Tim LaHaye, that Bible prophecy was the foundation of that movement. Right. The great return to Jesus Christ through the churches that we see uh, back in the last few gener- uh, decades, in the last half generation, was because of the Bible prophecy. But brother, something happened there. The, yeah. the torch was the path. The passion for the left behind folks waned. The interest of the movies died. The exactly. teachers became old. And a lot of them were passing away. Right? Like, uh, for instance, uh, Chuck uh, Missler just recently yes. passed away. And so we're seeing them pass away, and we're not seeing new people pick up the torch. Right. Something has happened. Something has either gone wrong, or Jesus doesn't want the torch passed. Which, to me, is biblical because we're taught by Paul to pass the torch. So. Uh, something that's wrong, we're, we're dropping the ball here and we yeah. need to pick it up and, and run with it. Absolutely. And Nathan, that's why we believe to uh, continue to occupy and be busy about the Lord's business until His return. And again, we don't know when that's going to be. We believe it will be soon though, Nathan, because we see so much happening. But nevertheless, also Paul specifically shared with Timothy certain things that would occur in the latter days or in the end times. So biblical prophecy was also something that Paul wanted Timothy to clearly understand, such as we're going to notice here in uh, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verses uh, 1 and 2. Uh, Nathan, will you be able to take us there as we talk about these very important verses so people can see how they relate to today? Okay. Uh, so we're going to talk about the great apostasy in the last days. That's another Bible problem. Exactly. Okay. 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. Now the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, expressly says that in the latter time, Mm-hmm. Some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Mm. And see, and Nathan, again, we, we see here uh, in the latter days, and boy, 
don't we see a lot of that happening today? We do. It's, uh, it's one of the many times, that it's one of the many prophecies that Jesus gave, mm-hmm. uh, especially in Matthew 24 and 21, that false prophets and false teachers would be prolific, and we've certainly seen that today with 1,200 uh, false religions around the world, about wow. 500 cults in the United States, 500 cults in the United States alone that people are chasing after deceiving spirits, yes. doctors of demons, they, they want to follow teachers uh, to that teach what they want to believe and what the Bible teaches. And, and rather, it's a sad thing, but as we see it, that is a sign of the time of Jesus gave. Yeah, and Nathan, we, you know, we talk about false prophets and doctrines of demons, and uh, today, modern times, they cover them very well. They cover them with prosperity. They cover these doctrines of demons, uh, they, they, a splash, if you will, of truth. And yet, we need to discern uh, what the Bible is talking about. We're living also, and we're seeing that right now. And Nathan, also, you know, one of the things, too, that I, that I noticed was that um, right now, even uh, on television, uh, we see so much of this uh, heresy, if you will, by these um, sort of tele-evangelists, if you will. Uh, you know, one of those, and I don't like necessarily uh, naming names, but you know, when, when we, I don't want to name names, but when, you, when, we, when we hear about uh, this individual, Jesse Duplantis, again, talking about how he needs uh, his private jets and all these things, uh, again, you know, doctors of demons, people twisting the truth uh, to take advantage of others. And, and Nathan, you and I, we know that that's what the Bible is talking about, right? Oh, wow, that really is amazing. He's very tested this plan with this. He needs a newer jet or a crap load dollar who needed, what, a $63 million jet because, you know, he just couldn't take a regular airplane. And yet, this, this health and wealth gospel teaching, especially down in Central America, down yes. in Nicaragua, uh, talking with one of our, uh, our ministries that we support, Donald Domus of In Defense Philippi, and he was telling us that, that prosperity gospel teaching is prevalent in these poor countries where you know, they desire to, to have a little more than just a substantial substance to live off of, yeah. and they're being taught that God only is interested in making you wealthy and healthy and all well. Right. If the Son of God didn't have a place even to lay his head, then why should we, who are Christ followers, I expect riches, at least in this lifetime. Now, certainly in the lifetime to come, millennial kingdom in heaven, we are promised that. But in this life, uh, we are Christ bearers, and so unfortunately, we bear the suffering that Christ has. Yeah, and Nathan, again, and we're not here to put down people or ministries or talk necessarily, but we do need to bring this up. We really need to highlight this because uh, this is one of the challenges of prosperity. And some of these also are Bible teachers. I mean, some of them uh, teach the Bible well and they do a great job. But at the end, we find this whole movement uh, more about them than the, the ministries that, that supposedly they're that, that they're under. So, uh, Nathan, I think you would agree that, you know, they're cloaking the truth in so many ways. It does, yeah. And it, it means that we're not, we're not passing the torch to go back to the original subject because if we're not teaching people how to be spiritually discerning, yes. then they fall for these false prophecies, these false teachers in the end time. Now, I'm not saying the prep blue dollar or the plan journey aren't also teaching biblical doctrine. I have a friend of mine here uh, at the ministry even who was saved uh, <laughs> for Betty Hinn. Betty Hinn let him right. the Lord. And Betty Hinn is a tremendous help and love gospel teacher. So, uh, you know, uh, there's not all these people out there who are always teaching, I think, for the, the right motives, 
but they are teaching the gospel. Now that's a little different, of course, or a lot different, I should say, than those who are clearly teaching false doctrines, like David Koresh of the exactly. branch of Indians, or now Alex and Mac with convicting them. And, you know, all these different false teachings are out there. And they're meant to draw people away from the Lord. So again, we need to teach other Christians. We need to pass the torch yeah. to help them be spiritually discerning so they do not fall for false teachers during the class days. Exactly. And for those of you that are tuned in, that are listening, again, we're talking about passing on the Bible prophecy mantle, uh, the preparation of Paul to Timothy in terms of biblical prophecy, and uh, a warning of the things that were to come in the latter days. You know, Nathan, that also brings me to uh, another passage there, also in uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 5, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. If you could uh, bring us through those verses as we continue to talk about, again, Paul's preparation to Timothy, stirring up the gifts of prophecy. Well, certainly. Well, 2 Timothy 3 kind of follows the same thing here. Second letter by Paul to Timothy to instruct him to pass the torch to him to train him as being a pastor. Yeah. And it reads, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, wow. unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, mm-hmm. without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, mm-hmm. having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. And Nathan, thank you. And again, we find all these things in these passages, right? Nathan, the things that we were just uh, dialogue talking about this is what the Bible is saying is going to happen in the latter days. Yes, and it's a sad situation. Basically, it means that the love of those will grow cold. Just yeah. As of the days of leading up to Jesus' return, the days where Jesus said would be like the days of Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah, where the people thought everything evil all the time, of the days of Noah, where Noah and his family were the only righteous people on an entire planet. That's amazing. God had to wipe out an entire all the people except for a handful because they, they were this description that Paul gives us. And he says here in the end times, before Jesus returns, it'll be a return to that time period. Yes. A time where people have a, a, a spirituality to them, but they deny the power behind it, which is Jesus Christ. They, they create their own religion, but in truth, they're without love, and so they treat other people terribly. As Paul describes, uh, yeah. unloving and unforgiving, and slanderers and traitors. And, in other words, they're self-interested, not other-interested, mm. certainly not God-interested. And you know, Nathan, that's an excellent point. And that's one of the areas that we can see, uh, again, about false teachers and false prophets and those individuals that are really uh, doing things for the wrong motives. And the Bible begins to point this out. So as we're pointing out certain individuals, again, we need to recognize uh, do, do these ministries and what they're teaching hold true to the Bible? And again, we need to be wise in our discernment, but also we need to be biblically sound and we need to be biblically educated. And that's what Paul. That's why Paul was instructing Timothy. That's why he was passing this mantle on to say all the what I've learned, all my experience, I'm passing it on to you in a sense so that you won't get uh, duped, if you will, by these false teachers and false prophets that are coming. So Nathan, I think I definitely agree with you. Yeah, I, I think your correlation is absolutely spot on. But here, Paul is, is, is perfect example. Here, Paul is giving Timothy Bible prophecy right here. Right in the Bible prophecy, he is passing on the fact that in the end times, the last days, 
that perilous times will come, but be prepared. And that had practical application to Timothy as a pastor yes. and his congregation. So when teachers today, when Bible uh, preachers today are not teaching Bible prophecy, they are depriving Absolutely. their people of discernment, they're depriving their people of warning, and they're not following the biblical example that Paul gives here with Timothy. Mm. And Nathan, you made a good point. They're depriving, and this is why, again, especially for pastors and leaders, those that are teaching through the Word, don't deprive your in, your people of this wonderful privilege. And maybe you don't feel comfortable yourself. Sometimes people deprive others, Nathan, because they don't feel they can. They're equipped or prepared, but uh, they should just step out in faith and uh, just take the scriptures at face value, especially with biblical prophecy. Don't make stuff up and let scriptures again be able to give the meanings to scriptures. And I think once if people stick to that, Nathan, they don't have anything to worry or be afraid of. Right, right. Oh, I mean, with perilous times, there's always something to be a little worried about. <laughs> oh, but you're not, uh, what really brings fear is, is being uninformed. Being right, that's what I was referring to. Exactly. Not expecting what is coming. Uh, but if you study the Bible, especially Bible prophecy, you know what's coming. It, it's right. no surprise to you. And you are prepared. Uh, you're in the Word. You're studying. You're building your, your defenses of the faith. Absolutely. You're sharing it with others. Uh, for us, then, I totally agree, man. We, we will not have that fear because we are informed. Good. And I meant, Nathan, a fear of people teaching Bible prophecy. Like so many pastors don't like to teach it. Uh, they're afraid of the subject matter. But when we follow what the Bible says, take it literally, that's what I meant. We don't have to fear that. Yeah, I, I think you're bringing up a fantastic point. Fantastic. So Nathan, you know, one last passage that I thought also, I mean, there's so many more, but another passage that I thought was right in line again with what you and I are saying and the importance is we find it there in 2 Timothy, just another chapter over 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 to 4, we just see that these books are packed with references to Bible prophecy, end time events, and just to give people a glimpse of why it is uh, so important. Paul continues to encourage Timothy uh, in this matter. Would you be able to take us there to 2 Timothy uh, 4, verses 3 through 4, Nathan, just in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Certainly. And if you don't mind, I'd like to back up to verse 2, because yes. that's exactly what we've been talking about here. And, it's, and Paul tells Timothy, preach the word. Yeah. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. In other words, pass the torch to the next generation. Right. And verse 3 and on reads, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up to themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all these things, mm. endure affliction, doing the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Woo! I love that. Isn't that awesome, Nathan? Any thoughts on that one? <laughs> well, I'd like to hear you guys, since you are a pastor, I've never been a pastor. I've always been a, a teacher or an evangelist. But uh, when it says fulfill your ministry, for those uh, who are tuned in or listening and are saying, well, what's my ministry? Yeah. What would you say to them what their ministry is? You know, Nathan, I always say start with the things that the Lord has put in your heart, what you enjoy to do naturally. You know, we have some people, Nathan, that they're just natural evangelists. They love to talk to people. And that right there is, is a start. I mean, you sometimes you hear people talking about their favorite football team, right, Nathan? Or, or sports. I mean, boy, they can win anybody over to their team. 
Did they have a passion for something? So you're saying it, it, when serving the Lord, find what you're passionate at or really good at doing when it comes to starting yeah. your service to the Lord? Absolutely, Nathan. I think that's a place to start. And then from there, the Lord will continue to develop people's ministries and interests as they continue to serve Him. Uh, sometimes we start out in a certain ministry, then the Lord will move it to another ministry. Uh, some people started, like when I started, I started in street evangelism, just feeding the homeless. I didn't know how to preach the gospel, but I knew how to give people food and I knew how to uh, offer them a piece of bread. And I just started in the street and I was, I was offering people food. I would sit with them and talk with them and pray with them. And evangelism would happen. And uh, I didn't know I was going to be a preacher or a pastor or teaching Bible prophecy, Nathan, but it was a start. <laughs> well, fantastic. Yeah, I, I've always been like that. I started out as a Sunday school teacher for kids. I, Look at, I loved yeah. uh, to teach children the Bible, the basics, the one-on-one. on that footing. Eventually, as I grew spiritually, I, I wanted to deeper, so I started teaching adults and eventually uh, moved on to television and radio and the internet and all that. So... It's funny how the Lord will grow you. You're right. I think a lot of people, they, they look at it and say, oh, I know it's Billy Graham and Greg Laurie and Franklin Graham and all these guys, and they're doing amazing things, and, well, I can't possibly do that. Well, you know, you're right. You probably can. How many can, right? There's only a few of those guys out there. But the Lord has equipped you with certain gifts, both natural yes. and, you got to say, spiritual, to use in the service of him. What is your passion? What is your desire? What do you love to do? Well, let the Lord use you to do that. That's where you start. Awesome, Nathan. Well, awesome word of encouragement. And again, for those of you that are uh, listening or watching, again, we're talking about passing on the Bible prophecy mantle, the second part, as we're talking about the life of Paul uh, and Timothy. And of course, we everything starts with a relationship with Christ. It's got to be Him doing the work in us, again, stirring up that gift. And it starts with a relationship with Him. And if you don't know the Lord... Give, allow us to give us give you an opportunity right now to receive Christ wherever you are and allow the Holy Spirit to build you up and to uh, stir those gifts inside of you. Uh, so Nathan, maybe for that person right now that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord that is watching or listening either now or at a later point, might you be able to share with them how they can start that journey right now with the Lord? Right, you might be scratching your head wondering, what are they today to talk about serving the Lord with these gifts? I don't even know the Lord. <laughs> then you need to start with knowing who Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Yes. God manifests Himself and sent Himself, His Son, down to the earth to live as a human, to teach us, to suffer and die on the cross, being perfect sacrifice for an imperfect people. And when we accept that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and our Savior in faith, then we will be forgiven of our sins. The punishment for our sins will be nailed to the cross with Jesus Christ. And then victory over death becomes our victory over eternal punishment. And then we're saved. So begin, if you believe this, then pray from your heart. Something like, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And Jesus promised you this that. He will take the reins of your life. He will guide you in direction. He will give you his spirit. He will equip you to serve him. The guilt is gone. And you have the hope and promise of everlasting life with Jesus Christ. Amen, Nathan. Thank you so much. And again, it is. That is the start. And once you start there, we always tell people, find a good church. Get plugged in where they teach you the Bible. Where they preach the word, like it says here. And just begin to serve. Give God an opportunity and see what God will do with your life. Amazing. So Nathan Jones, man, I want to thank you so much for opening up these verses and sharing and just encouraging our viewers and our listeners out there so they can use their gifts and talents. Well, thank you, Pastor. I appreciate it. 
Always a pleasure to have you on. And again, for those of you that are tuned in, we ran out of time uh, for this segment of the program. So Vic and Nathan say goodbye. May the Lord bless you. But remember, again, keep your eyes on the Lord. He has a wonderful plan for your life. We're definitely living in the last days. But we're living in exciting time for the church. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. Have a great week.